In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, on God, Amen. In the beginning, I'd like to congratulate all of you with the Feast of St. Mark, the patron saint of this church. And also, I'd like to thank the children of St. School, for the beautiful play and also the song that they presented. Uh, may the Lord reward all of them with the heavenly reward. And also uh, the parents who helped in uh, bringing the children to the church to, to practice for the play and all the Sunday school servants who trained them, may the Lord reward all of them with the heavenly reward. I like to read two verses from the Soxology of St. Mark. We say, you have come and enlightened us through your gospel and taught us the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You brought us out of darkness into the true light, feeding us the bread of life that came down from heaven. So, in this exology, we are saying, we were in darkness, darkness and shadow of death, because we did not know Christ, we did not know the Trinity, but St. Mark came to the land of Egypt, preached Christianity to us, and also wrote to us his Gospel. And from his Gospel, and from his preaching, we learned about the Holy Trinity, the salvation, the way to eternal life, so this is the true enlightenment. Also, he taught us the sacrament or the mystery of Eucharist. And uh, he taught us how to be fed on the bread of life that came down from him. So the true enlightenment, the true enlightenment, is in knowing God, knowing the Holy Trinity, knowing the salvation, knowing the sacraments of the Church, that is the true enlightenment. Some people right now, under the word enlightenment, they actually relapse from all the principles and all the doctrines that we learned. And as St. Paul said about the second coming of Christ, before his coming, apostasy will happen. And apostasy means falling away. Apostasy is the opposite of enlightenment. 
Enlightenment is the knowledge of God. Apostasy is to fall away from the knowledge of God. And the deception, because Satan is a deceiver, and he is the liar and father of every liar, so the deception is Satan will tell you this is the true enlightenment when you fall away from God. For example, Satan started by saying we don't believe in the existence of God. That is the atheism. But many people actually could not accept this because the evidence of the existence of God are plenty and any person who is knowledgeable and use his mind definitely will believe in the existence of God. Only those who are ignorant, as the Bible says, they will deny the existence of God. So Satan start to propose another idea. Well, the second idea that Satan proposed is the idea of I don't know. When you ask people, they will tell you, we don't know whether God exists or he doesn't exist, I don't know. Maybe he exists, maybe he doesn't. How would I know? And they call them agnostic, because gnosis means knowledge, a means not. So agnostic means I don't know. But even with this idea, No, it's easy to know. It's easy to know. So another idea Satan introduced is a very recent idea, maybe some of you did not hear about it. What is called progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity means we don't believe in the holy tradition. We don't believe even in the text of the scripture. But the text of the scripture, you interpret it as you want and as it is suitable to the contemporary culture. So, and Satan is making people to believe Once you start to think and accept this, you are thinking outside the box. The box of the Holy Tradition. The box of the early father interpretation of the scripture. No, you need to go outside this box. Don't be imprisoned. Don't let the church imprison your mind in this box. Think outside. That is the true enlightenment. Satan is a deceiver. But in reality, this is the true ignorance, not the true enlightenment. And Satan also is trying to introduce other denominations with different interpretation of the scripture or the idea of non-denominational 
which means I don't belong to any certain denomination. Everything is acceptable. And now he is introducing even the idea of uh, not only one religion is true. Any religion can be true. If you are Christian and you are happy with it, good for you. If you are Muslim and happy with it, good for you. If you are Buddhist and happy with it, good for you. All these are man-made. And everyone can accept anything. At the end, all these religions more or less are the same. They are way how to conduct your life with morality. Even to the people who stick to their faith and say, no, I'm orthodox. So now Satan is introducing the new theology. The new theology that attacks the theology that we received from St. Athanasius and St. Cyril. And they actually, they are convinced that this is the true orthodoxy. And if you don't believe in what they are saying, then you are not orthodox. They are denying the punishment, they are denying the ransom, they are denying uh, that Christ carried our sins and paid the penalty of our sins etc. Also Satan in his way to take us back to the darkness we say to St. Mark you took us from darkness to light you have come and enlightened us and you brought us out of darkness into the true light Satan is trying to take us back to the darkness. How come? He will start to teach us, Satan, about love, unconditional love, acceptance, and forgiveness. All these words are beautiful. Definitely when we hear about unconditional love, it's beautiful. But see the deception. He will tell you, if you have unconditional love, you need to love the homosexual unconditional. Yes, I agree. I personally agree. We need to love them unconditional. Then he will add, and if you love them unconditionally, you need actually to accept them and accept the same-sex marriage. And here, here is a confusion. The confusion is between loving the person and accepting the sin. No, we love the liars, but we don't accept lying. We love the murderers, but we don't accept the, the uh, killing one another. We love the robbers, but we don't accept stealing. There is big difference. And because we love them, we call them to repent and to return back to God. 
But see here, Satan start to use the word unconditional love in a deceptive way to bring us back to the darkness. St. Mark brought us out of darkness to the light and Satan wants to take us back to the darkness. Acceptance, he will tell you. Acceptance means to accept transgenderism, homosexuality, abortion, to accept all these sins. But the deception here, there is a big difference between accepting the person and accepting the sinful behavior. And when you say, no, I don't accept this, he will attack you, Satan will tell you, you don't have a forgiving spirit. You are a judgmental person. You are not forgiving. Then how you call yourself a Christian? Another way Satan attacks us and tries to take us back to the darkness after St. Mark took us or brought us out of darkness into the light, Satan will make our relationship with God a superficial relationship. There is no depth in our relationship with God. So, church for us is just activity, not a relationship. We do many activities in our life. We go out for dinner, we go shopping, we go watch games, sports. So the church is one of these activities. I come on Sunday just as an activity. And that's it. Instead of having a deep personal relationship with God. And this actually is deceiving for many people. Many parents, they bring their children every Sunday to the church. Every Sunday. But actually they don't watch them inside the church. Maybe the children are playing outside all the liturgy. They don't pay attention. And during the time of communion, they look for their children and bring them to take communion. And in homes, no relationship with God, no prayer, no Bible, nothing. And then when the children become teenagers and they start to say, I'm atheist or I'm homosexual or any of these things or taking drugs, then the parents, they are surprised. And they say, I brought my children every Sunday to the church. What happened to him? What happened? He did not, you just bring him to the, to the building, not to Christ. Just bringing your children to the church on Sunday will not help him. Just putting him in Sunday school class and bringing him to take communion will not help him. What will help him? When actually you teach him how to have a personal deep relationship with the Lord. Then because of this deep relationship he will be 
longing to come to the church. He will rejoice. He will say, I am glad when they told me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He will be longing for communion to be united with God. He will be longing in the morning to open his Agbeya and pray to God and open his Bible and read the message of God to himself. So many of us just we practice Christianity in a superficial way, just as an activity, not as a personal deep relationship with the Lord. And Satan actually will make us believe that the ultimate goal of Christianity is to have good morals. And that's it. No. Actually, any religion, any philosophy, the ultimate goal of this religion and philosophy for people to have good morals. But this is not the ultimate goal of Christianity. God did not incarnate just to tell us, be good people. God did not die on the cross and was buried and rose on the third day just to teach us not to lie and not to swear and not to steal and not to kill. No. The ultimate goal of the incarnation and the salvation and crucifixion, not even the forgiveness of our sins. Maybe somebody will say, yes, the ultimate goal is not only to be good morals, to have good morals, but it is the forgiveness of our sins. No. Maybe somebody will tell me, the ultimate goal is to go to heaven, not to go to hell. Even this, no. The ultimate goal of Christianity and the incarnation of the Son of God is to be united with God. That's why he presented himself as the bridegroom. So if he is the bridegroom and we are the bride, the two shall become one. That's why he gave us his body and his blood, as we say to St. Mark in his exology, you brought us out of darkness into the true light, feeding us the bread of life that came from heaven. Why he gave us his body and his blood? Why? Not only for forgiveness of sins, not only for eternal life, but to be one with him. He who eats my body and drinks my blood will abide in me and I in him. That's why it is essential if you want to walk in the light and to enjoy the enlightenment, as we say to St. Mark, you brought us out of darkness into the true light, To continue into this true light, you need to have this personal relationship, personal union with God, to be united with Him, to be one with Him. We received the pledge here on earth, but the full union will be in the second coming of Christ. Here we receive the pledge in the form of the grace of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit abides in you. In the form of the communion, when we eat his body and his blood, drink his blood, and we become one with him. This is a pledge of the full union which will happen in 
the second coming of Christ. If we understand this, then in order to walk in the true light, you need actually to have this union with God. As St. Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives to me. And here, let us ask a very important question. Why people, they don't live this way, abiding in God and God abiding in them? The main answer to this question is that we do not feel the need. We don't feel we need God in our life. Uh, maybe we need him to solve our problems. We need him to heal our diseases. But we don't have this need that the bride and the bridegroom feel toward each other the need to be united together. Uh, And many times we trust, we feel that we need wisdom, we need money, we need power, that's what we need. But in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, we read, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. So, many times we feel what we need right now is money. I need money. I need power, whether physical power, whether uh, social power, whether power through my connections, or prestige, or I need pleasure in my life. That's why that's what we are pursuing. Either we are working day and light to make more money, or we are in trying to enjoy the pleasures of the world and spending our life pursuing the pleasures of the world, or we try to pursue the the power of the world through connections, through prestige, through uh, training to the body in order to develop uh, physical uh, power. That's why I like to give you five questions. You need to think about it. Go tonight while we are celebrating the Feast of St. Mark and write down these questions and try to answer them. Answer them honestly. 
the first question do you need God do you need him do you feel that you need him like for example if you did not eat for one day you feel hungry and you say I need to eat that's a need do you have the same need toward God or not my second question is why do you need God many of us we feel the need to go for God when we are in problem I have a test so I need God I am looking for a job I need God I am sick I need God to heal me so why do you need God so the first question do you need God in your life second one why do you need God the third question what are your needs and what are your wants you know there is difference between I need and I want I need what we need is something very necessary without it we cannot survive but wants are desires I want this so what are your needs and what are your wants so write down your needs and my fourth question to you do you believe that God can fulfill and satisfy your needs or not do you feel that God can satisfy and provide for all your needs or not that's a very important question and finally the last question whether your needs are only temporary or earthly or they are eternal or they are eternal because many of us our needs are just earthly like when they brought the paralytic man to the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord told him your sins are forgiven the Lord here addressed an eternal need not an earthly need your sins are forgiven but the people were upset because in their mind what they need is healing for this paralytic man so what they need just was an earthly thing not an eternal thing so I want you to think about these five questions do you need God why do you need him what are your needs are your needs earthly or eternal do you believe that God can satisfy and provide for your needs or not these five questions are very important because when you answer this question if you discover or if you felt that you need God this would be the first step in developing a deep and real personal relationship with God just because you need him it's like the air like the oxygen we cannot survive without oxygen 
like the food, I cannot survive without eating. In the same way, God, I cannot survive without Him. I cannot spend one day without praying, without reading the scripture, without talking to Him and listening to Him. Living one day like this, as if you are depriving my body from oxygen, I cannot survive, I cannot live. So, what should I do? If Satan now is taking me back from the enlightenment, true light, into the darkness. Like what are the examples that I mentioned? What should I do? Number one, do not be deceived. St. Paul mentioned this verse several times in his letters. Do not be deceived. Satan is a deceiver. You need to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's why before reading in postmodernism and before reading in atheism, before reading all these new philosophies, you need to study and read first in your faith, in your holy tradition, in your Bible, in your scripture. Because this will be the protection for you. But if you start reading in all these philosophies, while you yourself are not founded and grounded in your, rooted and grounded in your faith, then you will be deceived easily. You will be deceived easily. So number one, study and learn your faith well. If you are trying to read in all these philosophies that are around us, without studying your faith, then you will be an easy target to Satan, to take you back from the true light into darkness. Number two, start experiencing God in your life. Start seriously developing a relationship with Him to satisfy your needs, your eternal needs. As the Lord told us, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Once you start experiencing God in your life, and you feel Him, and you taste Him, you will say with David, taste and see how sweet the Lord is. Believe me, once you taste the Lord, you will cling to Him. You will not let Him go. Because, as I said, He is like the oxygen to us, like like the, the food to us. We cannot survive away from Him. Number three, if, if Satan planted any thought or idea or philosophy in your mind. Don't hide it. You need to expose it. Expose it quickly before it grows without within you 
and become deeply rooted and grounded in your heart and your mind, then it will be a challenge to remove these thoughts and bad ideas. Again, Satan is a deceiver. When any idea strange from what you learned from the holy tradition, St. Paul told us, even if an angel came from heaven telling you something different than what we taught you, let him be a curse. Number four, surround yourself with true spiritual people, true spiritual friends who are grounded and rooted in the Orthodox faith. They will lift you up. They will encourage you. They will motivate you. But if you surround yourself by people who are following these negative ideas or wrong theology or cults or bad uh, philosophies, then you will be influenced by them. Search well what you read. One of the beautiful verses in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12 Solomon is giving an idea about reading. He said in chapter 12, verse 12, My son, be admonished by these. Of making many books, there is no end. And now, in, in the time of our, you know, this era is the era of information. Yes. Making many books, there is no end. And much study in these books without discernment, what should I read and what I should not read, is wearisome to the flesh. This actually will confuse you. Will confuse you. That's why you need to be to have discernment what you read and what you should not read. Uh, so surround yourself with godly spiritual people they will help you and motivate you in your spiritual life Uh, number five beware of the external influences on your thoughts and in your mind God actually plans wheat but Satan will come and plant tears you need to be careful because the the tears that Satan is planting can kill the wheat so you come here to the church and you feed yourself on the wheat of the word of God Then you go out and you allow Satan to plant tears in your mind. This will choke the word of God in you. And you will be confused. What is right and what is wrong? What is the truth? 
and what is it the falsehood so be careful guard your mind well don't let Satan plant any tears in your mind uh, number six study well your goals and your needs you need to study what are your goals in life and what are your needs in life why are you living what's your ultimate goal uh, there is a story about a Sunday school servant so he was discussing the goals with uh, their children so he asked one of the youth in high school what's your goal he told him to graduate from uh, high school then I want to go to college then I want to graduate from college then uh, I will look for a good job and, and make good money then I will get married then I will have children. Okay, after that, now I will raise up my children. Good. And I, I will do the best for them. Then, yeah, and I also I like to travel and, and see the whole world. Then, you know, my children will grow up. And after that, yeah, they will get married. And after that, uh, I will retire. And after that, he told him, I will die. That's the end of it. And he told him, and after that. And he was not ready. He was not ready for to answer this question. So, what's your ultimate goal? One day all of us will stand before the throne of God. We plan for 60 years or 70 years here on earth. Too many years. We study for 20 years to work maybe 40 years or 50 years after we graduate. Okay, so you studied hard 20 years just to work 50 years after this. How much time you spend to prepare for eternal life that's endless. So what are your needs? What are your goals? Are your needs earthly or eternally? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. That's why St. Anthony, when he saw his father, who was a very rich man, did. He died. So he looked at him and said, where is your power? Where is your money? Where is your riches? You actually lost all of this right now. So he told his father after he died, he told him, you left the world without your wealth, but I will leave the world with my will and he went and he lived his monastic life so these fathers when they realized the vanity 
of the world. They looked for what is not seen. As St. Paul told us, don't look at what is seen, but look at what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yes, we live here on earth, and we will study hard, and we will work, and we will have ambition. Nothing wrong with all of this. Nothing wrong. But while I'm doing all of this, my ultimate goal is on eternal life, on eternity. If we are the children of St. Mark, this should be our ultimate goal. Because St. Mark came in order to preach to us the, the, the way to eternal life. So, I, I like these verses when we say it in the sociology of St. Mark. We tell him, you have come and enlightened us through your gospel and taught us the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You brought us out of darkness into the true light, feeding us the bread of life that came down from heaven. That's very, very true. Satan now is trying to take us back from the true light into the darkness. Are we going to allow him or not? So we conclude the surge by saying, all the tribes of the earth will bless through you, and your words have reached the ends of the world. Maybe you would say, how all the tribes of the earth were blessed through St. Mark. He only preached Egypt, but through his gospel, through his gospel. Because the gospel of St. Mark is one of the four gospels in the New Testament. That's why we say your words have reached the end of the world. And also the children of St. Mark. St. Athanasius is the son of St. Mark. St. Anthony the Great, the son of St. Mark. St. Cyril of Alexandria is the son of St. Mark. So his children also, through their evangelism, through their defense of faith, through establishing monasticism like St. Paul the First Hermit and St. Anthony, all these children of St. Mark, actually, they were blessing to the whole earth. We are children of St. Mark. Are we blessing to the whole earth? Are we witnesses? to the faith of St. Mark, if we are his children, let us live his life. Let me conclude by saying the last two verses from the Zoxology. Hail to you, O martyr. Hail to the evangelist. Hail to the apostle. Mark the beholder of God. Pray to the Lord on our behalf, O beholder of God, the evangelist. Mark the apostle, that he may forgive us our sins. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.